back for yet another episode of the fourth official soccer podcast. I'm o- I'm here with only Justin. Um, it's possible that Manny joins us, but it's also, uh, you know, Manny is probably nursing the Chelsea losses for the last X weekends. Um, but we got to start today. I think today we're just mostly going to talk about some of the notable news and updates from all top five leagues in Europe um, and then. Of course, we have the Champions League starting tomorrow on Tuesday. And, you know, uh, Champions League is back, which means, you know, you, you you hear the music and some people will not understand the music because they're not in it. Um, and some people will cry because they're going to, you know, get out of, of the, the next stage of the Champions League. But that said, I think there's only one place to start, and that is with the Liverpool and Manchester United game. I think this is like made the rounds and I'm not going to relive the experience and and just relieve the tactics and relieve the goals and everything because they're, they're frankly too many. But one thing I do want to ask you, Justin, is can you just tell me uh, what you think happened after the second half or after the first half? Because that's I think that's where I got lost with this whole game. And what I'm just looking for is. What do you think happened mentally with Manchester United, a team that has probably won, you know, that I think they were unbeaten for so many, for you know, in the league at least for for a lot of games uh, they were un- unbeaten, but somehow a team that was unbeaten and had everything going for them, you know, they lost Cristiano Ronaldo, but that didn't seem to deter them, uh, and somehow just broke down, and, and that's I think that's what I'm trying to get to understand from your perspective. What do you think happened in the second half? Because first half was great, right? I'm sure you agree with me. First half was great. But second half, something must have happened. Any guesses, anything, Justin, you can provide to me? Well, the first half was great um, for neutrals and for Manchester United fans also. United looked really good. Uh, I would argue the second half was really great. Loved the second half. But uh, I hear what you're saying now. You're saying like from, from a Manchester United standpoint, they're coming in off a high. They've been doing very well, playing very well, looking very solid up and from uh, across the field. Um, uh, Casemiro's added some steel in their midfield. He played yesterday against Liverpool. Their defense has looked very solid uh, in recent weeks. Their offense is firing. Rat- Marcus Rashford, especially, he's like you know he's looked like a superstar. He's coming to his own this season. Uh, so, and then in the first half, that that. All those things look true for much of the first half. They had the greater number of opportunities, I believe. I think they had the better opportunities, also like the higher quality chances. Um, and then there's that one goal that snuck in at the end of the half. It was like right before the halftime whistle. And it was like, wow, this seems like it's like against the run of play a little bit. This has been a high octane half. Liverpool have had their chances, but like, Definitely seemed like United were in the ascendancy up until that goal. Uh, then they go to the locker rooms, mm-hmm. and I am baffled. I, I honestly, I, do, I don't, I have no, I don't, I'm not quite sure what happened. Because if anything, I thought this season has really like shown that Eric Ten Hag is like, he's a, he's a man, fantastic uh, man manager. Like he knows how to reach these players, these superstars, the ones that like. If you remember, just like last year, you know, it, it was kind of like United were kind of almost in a, a Chelsea-like situation where it seemed like they were just going through managers and like they had all these superstars 
on their roster that they could not get a handle, could not get them to work together. United spent all this money bringing in new players, shipping players out, bringing in new players again, and nothing seems to fit because it's just like there's no cohesion. And Ten Hag is like, you know, has changed all that, but not yesterday. I, I really, I honestly am baffled about what it is that happened, that what is that Ten Hag did or did not do that led to the performance in the second half for United, or maybe vice versa, maybe it's something that Klopp, he he really did a Klopp right. special and inspired um Salah and the gang to come out like roaring into the second half um I actually listened to much of this game not watched uh, old school style I listened to like a radio broadcast because I was traveling (laughs) I know I was traveling actually I was traveling so I I watched the highlights I watched the highlights later and I saw all the goals and I I I saw all the goals multiple times over because I I was loving it I loved watching the highlights but I listened to the game so I didn't catch maybe I didn't see what the formation was on the field let me ask you, did, flip the question to you. Did, did you see, was there some tactical change for either of these teams between the first and second um, half that, like, I missed maybe? No, no, no. I think it was this regular 4-3 by Liverpool, you know, that we knew. Uh, and then also the, four, the regular 4-3-1 from from uh, United. I think the, the only difference is, obviously, you still have Fred playing double pivots with Casemiro. Um, but the fact that I think everyone was fit, from my from my understanding, I think the one thing I wanted to actually bring up, uh, looking at United's last three games, was you know they won they won the Carabao Cup on just a week ago uh, on Sunday right uh, and, and then they played in the FA Cup I think they won that one too and so it's like maybe they were jaded I don't know like you know these things happen when somebody wins right. and they're like oh we've won we just want to drink and just want to sleep. Um, but you look on the flip side, you see what Liverpool, did, you know, Liverpool's run before this game was so shaky. I, I think they just recently started to gain their form, but they're still a very questionable team. I don't think they're back. I don't think the team is any good. I, you know, I mean, defensively, surely, but although I think they've they've really tightened things up back there in the last few games, but um, I think I don't know. I just I don't. I, I look at where United came from and I see where Liverpool uh, came from and this does not make any sense. It doesn't make sense. And I, I think the, the one question I do want to, one I was going to follow up with you on is from your point of view as a coach, even any coach, if once like the third, fourth goal goes in, what do you, what do you do in that situation? Do you keep playing the same way or do you just become more defensive? Because I think that was one problem and one criticism I have for Eric Ten Hag, um, because I, I was thinking they were going to say, okay, well let's play five in the back, let's just stay back there and 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 just hope the clock runs out. And to me that that was a weird thing that I saw. I think there was a time I saw it was like either five five zero or six zero. I saw three United players up front. And I was like, what? Right. You guys should be defending. It's you know like yeah. what are you going to score five goals in ten minutes like that's not <laughs> so I don't know I was just struck by that well yeah I mean like this is a a rivalry match obviously it has a lot of historic implications um and it has some you know it, we have whatever it is thirteen fourteen matches to go in the season so it has some league implications also like United are not guaranteed Champions League positioning and meanwhile Liverpool. Uh, after kind of wallowing 
at mid table for most of the season have now strung together a series of results. So they're climbing the table. So like it had some, it has league implications as well. So like, you know, I, I guess like, you know, from Ten Hag's perspective and from United's perspective, you can't just roll over and play debt. Like, you know, like just like, like a turtle, uh, like you can just like withdraw into your shell. Like you still have to play your game. I think you, you know, but, you have to. I don't like, know, but after four goals, I agree with you. Though. After four goals, no, no. After four goals, you, you're not going to win the game, right? right. So you're not going to win the game. But like, you also can't just like wave the white flag and be like, okay, well, we're just going to not play at all. We're just going to like well, park the bus. I, I think I, I don't know about playing five in the back. I hear you. I don't know about playing five in the back, but I do agree that like. They were being just like very naive. It was naive and careless. Like right. the, the defense was a mess for like the next three goals that that poured in. Right. Exactly. They were just like they they were all over the place and and, and everyone else stuff. was like yes and yeah. yes and people were not tracking back. That I think that's the part that's unacceptable. Like I think United still play your game. You know, like don't don't like totally park the bus, but you know your defense has to has to just like you know it has to perform i don't know get their heads right and midfield needs to cover and provide the support for them um i agree with you like they, they were bombing forward like chasing a game that was that was long gone right, right. that that part yeah. was very bizarre to see these experienced players and an experienced manager and ten hog like not like tell them like hey let's slow down guys like let's like you know let's let's be realistic and let's just play our game and see this one out and then on to the next one and then instead they were embarrassed and this is gonna now hang over their heads for whoever knows how long well now it's in the record books and in the yeah. last time apparently the guy was in the 30s so i don't know anyways not good let, let's i have two players i had two players i wanted to ask you about though oh yeah we sure. had, number one briefly because i the, i really want to talk about sala right because this is a historic day for him mm -hmm. um but on the other side of the field united's captain bruno fernandez what did you think about his performance and his um his martial like we're saying like there's a there's a collapse and yeah. it's not just on ten hag it's on all the players but most of all importantly it's got to be on the captain on the field so what yeah do you think i about think that was his, not his job? that was not captain like all the pretending all the fighting all the bickering i mean honestly i was really shocked that i mean i think i've seen fernandez mad before but i didn't think he was going to be I mean, it was almost as if, like, honestly, I think should have probably been sent off, uh, if I'm being honest, because right. uh, there were a few incidents that I was like, this is a yellow card. I mean, what is what is he doing, sort of thing. So, um, you know, like, definitely not captain. Like, I don't know how you can fix that. I think the only thing you do is give the captaincy to somebody else, but I don't think that changes anything. Oh, I mean, geez. why is the hair not the captain anymore? I actually don't know what's what's going on there. Um, because I thought he would be the captain, but uh, or even Shaw, I think, could be another captain. Um, well, but... <laughs> he also had a howler of a game, and I also thought Shaw had a few moments where he could have been sent off, honestly. Right, uh, right. Watching the, the the replay, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that was gonna be my next question to you is like, do you take is was the performance bad enough? Not just like you know, um, feel like his play, but like yeah, his attitude, his impetuousness, his yeah. like. Like is it's you think it's bad enough to take like that Ten Hag should consider taking the armband away oh, from him? Oh well, I mean, I think that's just gonna make things worse if I'm being honest, especially yeah. at this point of the season. But honestly, that's not captain material. Like that's not the attitude you want from a captain, right? You want leadership. You want somebody that's gonna calm people down, not the one 
being the bad example for everybody, right? So that's why I think uh, someone like De Gea being the, the captain would be make sense because he's he's more calm and and doesn't lose his head and 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 whatnot. But that was very atrocious, and I could not believe that was a, a captain of the team um, the way Fernandez right. behaved. So definitely, I mean, a, a bad thing for for them. Uh, real real quick before we move on from this game, just want to get to your point of view about where Liverpool is right now. I know you sort of said something like, well, you know, like they're fighting back for, four, for you know, top four. But do you actually think they're back? Or is this one of those things where they, you know, they beat a team at a time where they lost their head? Well, I'll be so like their defense has been the real, you know, killer for them, right, mm-hmm. um, this season. But I'm I'm looking at their results and it's United seven yeah. zero, Wolves two zero, Crystal Palace is a scoreless draw, and it, let me see, see here. So in total, it's one two three four five five, five yeah five in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, not the best competition, admittedly, uh, for That's, the most part. But yep. five 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 in a row in the EPL without conceding a goal, right? Um, and then yeah. obviously, you know, in the middle of that, squaredly in the middle of that, you had a, a 5-2 schlacking by Real yeah, Madrid. Real, yeah. Um, right. But, like, I guess, I mean, to that point, like, I guess to answer your question, yeah, I think they do have a chance. They're, they're sitting in fifth place now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right? They're they're only three points out from well, the top, uh, from Champions there, League positioning. There are a few games in hands that uh, I believe uh, Brentford or Newcastle has. Um, well, sure. You know, I mean, I mean, I know you may count them out, but Brentford's actually, you know, they're they're doing okay. I, I would just put it that way. And and they, yeah, they're doing they're they're punching above their weight, but yes, um, yes. you know, there's but a day, there's a we're day close to the end of the season. See, I think one thing you have to realize is we are about to hit 30 games, uh, the 30th game, right? So uh, we're talking about we hit the 30th game. It's what from now on, I think we have about what 10, 11 games left. So all it ne- all Brentford needs to do is just keep keep winning one zero and two two ones and you know suddenly you see them in the sure. European but I I mean yeah it's it's a fair I I don't know obviously we need to see if Liverpool will against Real Madrid we'll see what they do if they if they somehow beat Real Madrid and and overcome it well, then I think that would make their season uh, I think that's it they're that, going to make top four that would be incredible I mean like the the five two you know, the 5-2 happened at Anfield, right? Yeah, right. Yesterday looked like Fortress Anfield again, right? It looked like the good times are back, but let's mm-hmm. lest we forget. It was only like a couple of weeks ago that Real Madrid came and blew the the roof off the place. So, yep. I mean, like to that point, like I was saying, like, you know, they, they, they're out of the FA Cup already. I think it's safe to say now I'll, I'll, I'll be proven wrong, watch, but like, you know, they're probably going to be out of the Champions League shortly. Mm-hmm. And then they'll just be totally so focused focus. on EPL. Yeah, yeah. we'll points. see. I mean, they, they have they have some tough fixtures to go, but like you know, yeah, uh, those are also opportunities. Like you know, Including if, if you can Arsenal, beat the people right? above you, they play Arsenal, they play Man City, they play Chelsea, they play yeah. Tottenham. All yeah. um, maybe Chelsea. You don't need to put it in the same category as the others, but um, you win those games and like that that, that you're climbing, you're clawing points back yeah, from the people course. ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, speaking about Arsenal then, um, just want to really quickly give kudos to Arsenal for that comeback. Although I don't, it's not kudos because I, I, I think it's been blown out of proportion, if I'm being honest, because 
It's Bournemouth, okay? Oh. It is Bournemouth. Come on now. I don't care. I do not care, okay? It is Bournemouth. You you were down to zero. For me, that's the negative that should be taken away from this game. Not we came back against a bomb team. I've never seen a team this bad in my life before. I mean, I'm talking about this team doesn't even run. They didn't even run. Let's not even forget the skill. Let's say, okay, sure, they're not skilled enough like Arsenal. Obviously, they're not. They couldn't even run. You see a team like Brentford. You see a team like Fulham. They run the whole time. If you if this was against a, a team like Brentford or, or, or Fulham, they're not coming back. So while yes, on paper it's impressive, I still I think that's a bad look for Arsenal. I think that spells danger in my opinion. It spells a situ- uh, how will I put it a mental fragility in my opinion. Okay, the only thing that aided Arsenal is just the atrocious game like Boma just looked like a team that was just training I was I was like what the hell is what am I watching okay now now that I've said my piece I'll let you chew me out now go ahead (laughs) (laughs) um you're right I mean so nobody let alone the league leaders and you know um uh aspiring to be champions Arsenal but no team should be letting in two goals off versus Bournemouth. I, I agree that they are not up to snuff this season, um, especially. But they came in with a very good strategy, a very good game plan. I'll say this: this match, they came in very prepared, very well drilled, and they, they, you know, as Arsenal increasingly face this season as like you know the lower table teams, um, kind of recognize the 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 that the. the the, the big danger of this is not the arsenal of years past right where like mid-table teams can like sometimes pluck a result from them um these teams are all all come in to park the bus like play like two deep lines like a, a like a you know they, a, they play like a line of five with like a line of four in front of them basically um and then they spring counterattacks and Bournemouth were run we're springing i think very dangerous counterattacks Right, and maybe that that says something about Arsenal's, like sure. you said, like it's a it's like if it's like a warning sign that Arsenal um, were struggling to deal with that a little bit, given that so many teams are going to do that against them. Maybe teams better than Bournemouth will do the same thing. But um, that being said, um, honestly, from a narrative standpoint of the season, mm-hmm. it's uh, I kind of feel like a three-two comeback victory with the last goal coming in like the last 30 seconds from one of your academy graduates like this result from a narrative and like momentum standpoint is better than if arsenal just came in like had a nice easy walk in the park three nil victory like i i kind of feel like this is like giving the narrative of like the inevitability and like the scrappiness of arsenal um and and i i I don't disagree that like you know they're they it's shows some weaknesses in their game plan also but like i said like it's this game and like with a 38 game season, you know, this is a, it's a, it's a marathon and like each individual result kind of doesn't like, it, it fits into a larger narrative. And I feel like the the narrative of Arsenal this season has been, they never lose their heads. They never lose their composure. They always like after every, and, and when the opponent scores on them, you see them like immediately like rallying and like pulling themselves together and getting ready to like, okay, we're one nil down. We're two nil down. We don't care. We're still coming for. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're going for all three points this game. And this sure, is. Sure, this sure. is. Come back a I, few times this season. And this is. This is just another one that fits that narrative. 
I I get it. I get it. I. I'm just I'm just saying it from an outside left perspective. To me, it mm-hmm. shows the weak points. And um, yes, I think maybe the only saving grace is there are uh, about what 12 games left. So maybe, but but when you talk about certain teams, that is hard to break down. They've seen the blueprint. They've seen oh okay yeah this is what Bournemouth did, and they're going to take lessons from that. Obviously, Arsenal is going to take lessons from it too, but. I don't know. I just, I just saw a week. I don't know. I, I just, I, I applaud Arsenal for comeback. Because honestly, if you had tied the game or lost the game, it would have been worse. I would have given you a, an earful of this whole thing. Right. Um, but well, um, I mean, to your point, to your point, like the the, the lower table teams or mid table teams, like they see the blueprint. This upcoming weekend, Arsenal play Fulham. Mm-hmm. You know that you know what the Fulham's gonna do. You know they're gonna mm-hmm. play like same thing, like sit back and then spring counterattacks. Mm-hmm. And then the week after that, Arsenal's opponents are Crystal Palace, who are like very like excellent at doing that. This season they've been like a little bit off off the ball, I think, but like they still, you know, they they have threats on the wings and in the forward um, for that team. So uh, we'll see. I, I think you have a point, but I guess we'll see in the next two weeks whether Arsenal can. Poland, they should, they should, Arsenal should come away with six points over the next two mm-hmm. games, but we'll see if they're they're able to do it or if the these teams can have figured out a way to perhaps um, uh, steal some points away from from the league leaders. All right, well let's move on, Chelsea. Uh, I think we talked about this offline like, through text messages, and I said if Chelsea loses this game against Leeds, that's it. But but they won the game. And Potter's job is safe. We're going to go into Champions League, but I'm curious to see what you think about what will happen this week in the Champions League with Chelsea and what that means for Potter. But again, we'll save that. But just wanted to shout out, shout out to, you know, Chelsea. Good luck there uh, with Potter. Um, do you want to ask me about Roman Juve? You, I, I would love that question. Please ask me about Roman Juve. <laughs> well, I would, I, I, would, I would tell me tell me what happened between Roma and Juve uh, th- this week and, and the a bloody battle from what well, <laughs> from what I saw. Well, yeah, it was a bloody battle with people just flailing and just falling with like as if like thunder struck struck them or something like that. But I mean, honestly, we're not even talking about the actual game. Let's talk about what happened uh, when a certain player John came into the team. Uh, as a substitute, right? Moiskin, you know, former Everton star, um, came into the team uh, and uh, got substituted in in whatever, the ATF minutes or whatever, which is weird because they were down. I don't know why he got subbed in late, you know, as a strike. I I don't understand Allegri's formation sometimes, but um, got, got subbed in and then after 40 seconds gets a red card. And it's like, <laughs> the red card is so stupid too. It's like you know, it's not one of those things where you make made the mistake and tackled somebody, and you know, like there's some mistakes that you make, and maybe you slip, and then you studs up on somebody's knee or something like that. Okay, that one's like okay, it's a mistake, and and you were too eager. But this was more of like he was being ruffled up. He you know he was with the ball, and somebody was you know a defender was trying to to catch up and hold him and everything, and he just got he just stopped and just started kicking the guy. I was like. Who does this in the modern era? Who decides, you know what, I'm going to stop running with the ball because this person, this defender is atta- is is trying to follow me and then I'm going to kick that person twice. It's like, come on. 
Like, are you on drugs? Like, like, don't they professionally train these people to not burst out? You know, I know there's a lot of emotions going on, but they need to do like anger management or something. But that was like really, really bad. Um, but actually, I am bringing this up not because I really want to talk about Moiskin. Let's be honest. I want to talk about. Can you guess what star player had a similar situation where they? got subbed in and even under 40 seconds they were they got the red card Absolutely. oh um didn't they have it's the a, gerard oh yeah well that was three seconds yeah okay well but there's another star player though better than gerard that's a good good better good, than gerard yeah um in which league did this happen uh it was a, a international game uh it was an international match in South America, you probably will see where this is going. Oh, then uh, was it Suarez? No, it was Messi. That's a <laughs> oh, good. What? That's a good answer. That is I a mean, good that's answer. That's a default answer. He that likes to bite his time and yes. bite his time. <laughs> that is a good answer. So those are the two. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, shout out to Mbappe, uh, high school scar, surpassed. Yeah, yeah. Kudos. Cavani. Uh, kudos to him. Don't know what this means. Uh, does he stay in Paris? Does he stay, Does he not stay? Again, we'll talk about Champions League. We'll talk about that when we go into the Champions League section of this what is it? episode. It's, it's March now? It is March. March. It okay, is March. So that means it's almost time for the summer transfer rumors to start heating up for Mbappe, <laughs> yeah. whether he's going to start. He's, he's, yeah, uh, that's yeah. true. Never, that transfer season never ends for, for Mbappe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a big accomplishment. He did in, I think, like 50 fewer games than the previous record holder like you said Cavani yeah yeah amazing I mean I mean I I we could start to list out the players that each player play played with and see if uh, that that was any story but maybe honestly maybe just maybe Mbappe is just is just good but also Mbappe plays more not as central as Cavani plays right so that's I guess more impressive actually if you if you think about that. So anyways, all right. Uh moving on, just talk about La Liga real quick. Uh first of all, Atletico Madrid whooping Sevilla six two, I believe, or six one. Um and then yeah, and, and Diego Simeone finally becoming the top number one coach, six hundred and thirteen games or something like that. Um for for Atletico Madrid. Uh, you know, as a, as a coach, uh, so actually it's six one because it's like six six one three games, so six one and then three points. Somebody made that connection. Okay. Don't don't yeah don't yeah don't <laughs> ask me. Um, and then uh, obviously uh, Barcelona now nine points ahead of Real Madrid. I think it's over. I think I think it's over yeah. La Liga. I think uh, but uh, Real Madrid is probably just focused now on Champions League. Uh yeah, I think I think it's it's in the bag at this point. I mean, like we shouldn't say that they still have fourteen. Ah, yeah, fourteen fourteen matches so. to play. So I don't know. I, I mean, Barca, Barca's out of Europe. Barca's allowed. So. I, I don't know. I still don't understand because I, I haven't. I need to really sit down and watch more Barca because like I I just am baffled how this team has only allowed eight goals, eight goals allowed over twenty four matches. This is not like whatever that crazy Chelsea team was that like, you know, like they had like that insane season where like they didn't let, and they were just like a brick wall with Peter mm-hmm. Schecken goal. But like, this is not, is, is correct me. Is, is Liga this bad? The rest of the teams in La Liga this bad or like what's going on? 
I don't think they're they're bad. Well, okay. So this this year we have Valencia, who's actually been horrible. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, Catuso was a coach for a while. Um, so I, I guess technically yes, maybe some teams are are bad. Uh, that that would normally be good, but you know, it's still the same folks like Russell Sudeas, Robertis, like those people are still okay. Um, but I think the difference between Barca and from now and also the previous Barca that we know is you know Tiki Taka is back essentially right like the these players are playing the the Tiki Taka way which is the way Javi learned which means they hold the ball a lot of the time which means mm-hmm. they concede less right so like it's one of those um you know it's actually a very interesting point that you bring up uh just now I actually didn't realize it was a single digit goal uh yeah. you know account uh accounted for so like yeah, but Actually, you choose any like you could choose like any three games that they played in Europe this season, and they've conceded that many, right? right so like there's right, something exactly. something's up when they go outside the bounds of La Liga. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, there's there's something up, but then I mean we can say Real Madrid is also killing out out in in oh, Champions. That's true. So. <laughs> some so. some some teams are built for certain competitions, I guess. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, anyways, all right. So uh, just you know, I think this is a good segue into. Champions League, and I cannot think of the the, the uh, I cannot think of a better game for us to start talk, start with, which is the Bayern and PSG game. There's a lot that goes into this game. I've actually I've gone to a rabbit hole for this game. I'm happy to spit out all the facts, but I'm going to save the facts for you, Justin, to tease out from me somehow. Uh, I'm 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 joking about that, but obviously the the the, the main thing here is one Neymar is out, which I mean, when you know when Neymar was diving a lot, I was not a fan. So I liked Neymar, and then I didn't like Neymar, and now I'm like, I feel sad for Neymar. Like right. it feels like every time he's now getting injured uh, around this yeah. time, and it's almost like a joke now. It's almost like there's something going. There's something. Something must be going on. It doesn't make any sense. But apparently out for the season, which is very unfortunate, and it just feels like a talent that is not wasted but just a, a, such a promising talent that never came into fruition obviously still has some a few more years left but i don't know man it's just it's just sad it's sad i mean like and i, I don't want to beat him up too much um mainly because i don't want to cause him another injury but because just the words alone would probably <laughs> put him out for several weeks no but i i should i i take it back i don't i don't even want to joke because i agree with you i think it is sad both for him um, and for like the world of football kind of being robbed of his unique skill set. Like he is one of the most technically gifted players I've ever watched play a game. And you can't help but wonder, right? Like, you know, in some alternative universe, he never left Barcelona and who knows what, what could have happened, you know, but, uh, with the MSN front line stay, sticking together for another like year or two. So um, I don't know. I mean, this is this, if this is the year that PSG is able to pull it off and get the Champions League, it will be in no small part because of his contributions earlier in the season. But it's a shame now that he won't actually be on the field if that's a first thing I have to get past Bayern, but let's say PSG make it to to the final again and le- actually lift the cup this time around like it'll be a shame that he's not yeah. on the field for that uh for that game yeah 
Yeah, although they, were, I mean, obviously he still lift the trophy, but yeah, it, it would be a shame. He's right. not won Champions League for uh, feels like a long time now. Actually, I can't. I don't well, I mean, know. when was he? When was he on Barca? Uh, it's like it's been how many years now? Yeah, I, I have no idea. I have to. I have to check. I think he's been probably in PSG for like five years or so, or maybe even. Did he win one? Just I think did he just win one with Barcelona? I feel like he has probably won maybe two or three. I thought. Um, I mean, those, maybe those one years. Two. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, it's up. just. But why don't you? I'll I'll come up with that fact for you. But why don't you? Oh, why don't you well, lay on some facts for this? Yeah, look give at some. Give me some of your facts for this match. Well, that's coming well up against, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just Bayern. well. Well, maybe it's not necessarily facts. It's just there's things. There's just a lot of news and just a lot of things around this game. Uh, obviously, the first thing is obviously we have to state the fact that you know Bayern is up 1-0 uh, against PSG and then this was away right so so now they're going to to uh, the Allianz Arena um, to to play the return leg. Um, the one thing I wanted to bring up was just uh, the issue with PSG, which is a defense. It's been the issue this season, and it was it was accented. It was it actually truly came out in the last game they played against Nantes, which they won 4-2. Uh, but we have to talk about Gio Donnarumma, and and people may think I'm salty here because he's an ex-Milan player that left on a free, and we're all angry about that. Blah 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 blah. I'm not worried about Gio. I don't care about him anymore. We have a, a much better keeper right now. But I don't know if you saw the the goal. The goal that they scored, the, I think it was the first or second. I can't remember. First or second goal that they scored against PSG. It was such an impossible angle at. And, and just the positioning he took was so stupid. And I think that is the reason why PSG does not go anywhere near this trophy this season or as long as he's there. And I'm not even saying that because, uh, <laughs> again, not because I'm, I'm hating. Like, we know Gigi right. is hot-headed like that. But, like, there's certain times where he has this, like, craziness of, like, decision-making and just makes the worst decision. I mean, please go watch that goal that they scored against him. The first, I think it was the first goal. It's unbelievable. No, no keeper, not even me. I'm not even a keeper. Will be be beaten up. It was it was like the edge of the penalty box was shot in, and they beat him in the near post. Like how? <laughs> and it wasn't like he was blocked. He was not blocked. The view was. It was not like there was a free kick and everyone was blocking him. And so. I look at that instance and I and I realize this this is part of the reason why PSG I don't think can win the Champions League because you have too many too too many good people that are maybe we can say they're world class and think mm-hmm. they can just do whatever they need to do and and unfortunately that is a, supposed to be a blessing but it's actually a curse. And it's sad, it's sad to say, but that's the situation. Also, PSG's injury ridden, especially in the back line. Yeah. So you have a lot of young stars that, you know, obviously we've never heard of uh, having to play. So that even makes things worse. So, uh, you know, I would love to give PSG and, and maybe Messi, we could say Messi could probably save the day, could pull an Argentina final and just take matters into his own hands. But I think he would just be let down by Gigi to the room. So... That's just one thing I wanted to say. Now, the other issue that's just happened uh, about a week or so ago, unfortunately, 
Ashraf Hakimi has been charged of rape. Um, obviously, we don't know what goes into this. I don't know what the truth is and, and whatnot. The, the actual, if people want to know, uh, Ashraf Hakimi is actually married with, uh, with uh, I, think, I believe, a kid. Um, apparently, at the time uh, that the apparently that the rape occurred, uh, he was, you know, maybe I think he was home with this person, which is not a good look for somebody that is married. Um, and so, and apparently the wife and the, the wife and the kid was like traveling somewhere or something. Um, I've also heard that maybe they, I think they're going through some divorce or something. Uh, you know, I don't know what the actual, I think that's just what the, the tabloids are saying. Um, or not tabloids, but the news. Um, but my point is we have somebody now that's not being charged of rape, probably is affecting his mental psyche. Obviously, again, we don't know what the truth is, and, and that's why there's an investigation, but the fact that they've charged him means that there is something to it, uh, maybe some evidence or something. Um, uh, you know, so uh, that's it. Like, would he would he be playing tomorrow uh, yeah, in the well, match? Which is, yeah, so that's what I'm trying to get to. So apparently the way it works in France, even though he's charged, he can still travel uh, or out of the country. Um, so uh, he's apparently going to be in, at Bayern or uh, Munich. Uh, what? Wait, wait uh, I know. okay. I know. Well, there's a few things. Okay, there's a few, a few. There's some layers here. I mean, like, this is this is difficult subject matter. Yeah. So, you know, apologies for anybody listening. Um, but, like, I mean, let's, let's talk about, like, just, like, on the face of it. Like, <laughs> why? I can't believe that he's allowed to travel. I don't. Yeah. Forget about I, that. Like, I, I don't I blame that. I don't blame PSG. If you think about it, uh, I, I don't know. So desperate, it's such a bad thing for them to do, given the situation. How can they, how can they play him? How can they play him? Yeah, I know, I know. But I mean, okay, it, we talk about the injuries, right? So it right. makes sense that they're taking him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's such a weird situation. And imagine well, that kind of turns, yeah mental psyche during the game even if he plays imagine the fans turning on him and, and saying things like it's just a ticking time bomb to, for, to uh you know uh when when they play whenever that is. is that is that tomorrow oh no that's on wednesday no they play yeah it's a ticking time bomb. yeah it's such a bad situation yeah that's bad yeah but anyways that's really so bad for all these this is my long way of saying i think PSG is screwed. <laughs> They're done. And it's going to be a failure. And and this goes back to what I was saying about Mbappe earlier. And I'm sorry I'm taking the hog on this, on this topic. But I know we've talked about uh, just a few minutes ago that Mbappe just beat the record. What is there left for him to do at PSG? Or why won't he leave this year? And that's why I'm well, trying to Like, why won't he leave at the end of the summer? I could, you could say money. I guess that that could be one reason. I mean, yeah, he's well on his way to being, forget about, like, a PSG legend, right? I mean, they're going to, like, build, they're going to replace the Eiffel Tower with a with a statue of him. Like, he keeps <laughs> on going at this pace and stays in Paris the entire time. Um, So that is, he has that going for him, but, like, I mean, like, I don't know. I kind of feel this, I think, like, I, I hear what you're saying, and if I, if you... It's it's impossible for us to put ourselves in his shoes, obviously, but I mean, like, it must be very frustrating and kind of boring, I guess, at this point, right? To like just 
to be the top goal scorer for the club to easily run away with the league every year in and year out. And the one thing that you really want the champions league, you, you can't get it. And it doesn't seem like you're ever going to get it with this team. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe there is no incentive for him besides the money and the, the acclaim to stay at this point. And there's nothing PSG can do to keep him at this point. And I mean, it kind of goes also for, for Messi. No, I mean, what's Messi going to do yeah. this summer? Yeah, I mean, the the reports saying that I think the whole Inter Miami thing is actually come back coming back up because initially I thought right. he was going to actually renew, but yeah, if if they get out of the round of 16, I guess you know you could say if if Mbappe leaves, then obviously they want to keep Messi, right? Like I, I I would be shocked if they if they let both of them go this summer, right? So, um, yeah, it, it's such an interesting thing, and it's it's I mean. Money doesn't buy happiness, I guess, in this case. Yeah. Uh, so it's such a failed project. I would just say that. It's it's definitely a failed project. Yeah. Yes, it is. I mean, uh, and just to close the loop on what we were talking about earlier with the third superstar, Neymar. Uh, Neymar has but the one Champions League. One Champions League one. victory. Um, yeah. That was the 2014-15 season where Barca uh, won a treble. And Neymar, actually, actually he scored in in the final but uh, that's it that one it's uh, that's all he's gotten to his name it's it's a sh- for a player of his caliber it's it's a shame yeah yeah definitely a shame all right well enough Bayern and psg uh well i guess i should ask you what do you think is going to happen actually you know it's possible that they could be you know it's just one zero lead it's, it's just one i mean that's it's a one zero lead Bayern have been this has been a, a shaky season for Bayern. Correct. Um, over, I mean, they've been great, obviously, but like they're not up to Bayern caliber. Um, they're what we usually expect from them. And as long as Messi and Mbappe are on the field, like I, you, you just like I, I agree that there's the vulnerabilities. PSG will always have vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. but they will also always have the potential for something spectacular to happen, and they'll like grab a goal out of nothing when when you have mm-hmm. like two of the best players. At like you know pulling your rabbits out of the hat on the field at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. No, I think yeah. No, I think you're right. And I think um you know it's you can never know Messi right like you know he that is just that one pass that you don't expect and, and that could happen. Right. But I just don't see from a mental mentality point of view what what Messi's incentive is. I mean I guess winning the Champions League yes I get it. But does he think that they can win the Champions League with people like that like Donnarumma? playing around with the ball in the back. I I don't know what he's thinking. I mean, I think he's probably just done, right, at this point. Um, but he's again, still he's still reminiscing about how great a vacation he had after they won the World <laughs> Cup. I, I mean, yeah. Messi, this is all just like this is all just icy on the cake for Messi at this point, right. I think, frankly. It's, honestly, it's I, I, you know me, like next to you, I'd say I'm like Messi's next uh, number two fanboy. I know you are. You're, you. I won't take the title of number one from I you. I know. I know. Um. Yeah, but I. I gotta say, I think. I think Mbappe is actually the the more the most dangerous player on. on the of team, course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah what, what, what match was it that he came on? Remember he came on. What was that? It was just recently where he came on, uh, coming off of an injury. He came right. on in the second half and then like immediately just like totally changed the game. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, of course. I, you don't. I, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying obviously. I. I think. 
uh, Mbappe is is there for it. Like I think the connection between Messi and Mbappe is actually very crucial for tomorrow, uh, especially the way with the way Bayern plays, where they play a very high line and and whatnot. So um, I think it's just a matter of like that, that final pass for Messi. But to your point, yes, the what Mbappe brings is definitely pinning defenders back and um, and Pavard is not there. I mean, not that Pavard is any good. To be honest, let's be honest. Pavard has had the record yeah. in the last game. Um, so where you know Matas Elit has brought up back up the season. He was horrible last season, but now he's like okay again. I guess the season. So um, you never know. Yeah, I think it's you never know. But I just don't. Chupo Moting, phenomenal on fire this season right. against the PSG defense. It's like you know, it's like probably like easy <laughs> to slice through. I don't know. <laughs> so that that's the problem. That's that is the problem. Is it's like sure maybe Mbappe can do what he needs to do, but can can PSG defend it? Mbappe is not going to defend. So well, no. That's what we're dealing with here. That's maybe that's his one challenge that he has remaining. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, uh, so I sorry I don't know if I caught it, but you're getting Bayern tomorrow. Oh, on, on Wednesday. I'm gonna say I think I think despite all these issues, PSG are gonna are gonna be able to do something. They're gonna surprise. Wow. Okay. All right. Hey. So if they score, if let's say it goes, it's one nil PSG, then they go to extra time. Yeah. Extra time penalty. So I yeah. think that's I think that's a possibility. That that is it could be like a World Cup final too. <laughs> you remember like a great. four three I, situation? I would, give me give me awesome. a dozen more of those. That, I, I know. For right? that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope actually it's that for for the sake of my um entertainment um yeah. all right let's talk about sports milan oh what a what a game uh another one zero uh, uh mm. you know aggregate um milan has the lead uh but obviously i think this is where you're going to ask me am i worried and do you think we can do it is that what you're going to ask me that is um what i'm going to ask you is do you think they can do it and are you worried that they will <laughs> well actually it's a very good question because Milan is having a very topsy-turvy season. Uh, we're good sometimes, then we're not good. Uh, and and we've changed uh, formation this season, um, which is interesting. Uh, for the past two, three seasons, we've played one formation, and we've just changed it this season in this year. Um, so it's very interesting. But um, my one worry uh, is... One, Giroud has the flu, apparently, so don't know what that means. That's going to be a big blow. Um, and then we're playing at, uh, you know, the White Hart Lane or whatever it's called, right? So it's, yeah, you know, stadium. it's just away games. You just never know. Uh, and if the Spurs fans show up, we're screwed. Um, I don't know if our, our boys can can hold it down. Um, and we just have to defend, right? But it's a one-goal defense, and and we're talking about Hurricane here, who can score out of nothing. So it's like one of those things where you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, so I'm hoping that they just have a bad day, and we, you know, they shut down like they did against Wolves, because obviously Sp- uh, Spurs lost to Wolves last right. weekend. So uh, I am hoping it's that situation where they they just sort of shut down. And I think we just need to shut down Kane. Uh, I think. Uh, Simon Kaya did a very good job last in the first leg, shutting Kane down, um, and I think that's what stifled their attack. Uh, to be honest, um, and so yeah. yeah, I mean, like you said, they you 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 all Milan have had a very up and down, topsy turvy, inconsistent season. Um, so have Spurs, 
right? And I'm not just saying that as, as an Arsenal fan. Anybody right. with two eyes or even just one, you can you can tell that, right? Like, uh, or if you just want to listen to the radio, broadcast, the radio. like I do sometimes, <laughs> you, you can still tell. But, right. right. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's like you know, so that's a big thing, right? Harry Kane now plays under Conte. He doesn't he doesn't drop deep and receive the ball and distribute it as much as he used to which I think is honestly one of his biggest strengths in addition to his like phenomenal finishing skills. He always, he plays pretty far up. So is that, I think I caught you. Is, is that like Milan's strategy for shutting him down is to just man mark him? Like and, yeah. uh, who, who's, we, who's it that they assigned to him? Well, I'm not sure if he's going to play tomorrow or on Wednesday actually, because uh, he's, he's been dropped for the last three games, but uh, Simon Kaya did a very one-on-one mm-hmm. good marking. You should actually watch his his comps. Uh, he basically shot him down, right. um, and so I think that's the key to Spurs Spurs' defense because you know Kane drops deep and then fires the ball up to Kulusevski and Son, and we're talking about two well, class players, right? So, um, and so we they couldn't do that because we shot shot him down. So I think that's what we need to do: just shut him down and just stop their attack in that way. Right, so I think I think we can do it again, but you just never know. Like from a set piece, we could score. Right? They could right. score, right? So like that's the part that we can't really fully control. Does Milan need to score to secure the victory? I think I think we need to score one just to ease the tension. Okay. I think that will help us ease the tension. But if we don't score one, we're going to be pinned back and playing five in the defense. I think that's what we're going to do. Yeah. <sighs> Which is well, not can't, that. That sounds enticing. That sounds scintillating. I can't wait to watch, to watch is, that match. Yeah. So, so actually, if you look at a lot of the Champions League games, for some reason, it's all one-zero uh, aggregates. Yeah. I don't know why. Um. And so that means it's going to be a very good next round. Uh. And so, speaking of, well, I guess we, we don't really need to talk about Benfica and uh, Bruges Club Bruges. The only reason I brought this up is, did you know Benfica is unbeaten uh, so far in this this whole turn this turn in this whole tournament? So. Very good team to watch. Uh, probably a team that you don't want to meet in the next round, uh, whatever club you are. Uh, but last but not least, speaking about another 1-0 aggregate score at Chelsea and Dortmund. Uh, this game is very interesting because now we've heard that uh, James uh, is is maybe back. Pulisic is back. We've heard Mount is out due to suspension. Karim Adeyemi, who was the star for the first game, is out. And Dortmund on fire. But mm-hmm. Chelsea are also, eh, maybe they're on fire, but they're lit they're... up <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Um, they, they're yeah. like a, a, a lighter, basically. Um, a Beck, maybe. Yeah. So the only reason why I really want to talk about this part is in relation to what we talked about earlier with them beating Leeds, Chelsea in this case, is understanding your point of view Justin, what happens in this game? I want you to think of it as what happens if Chelsea goes through and what happens if Chelsea does not go through. Can you tell me what would maybe potentially happen to Potter in both scenarios? And maybe Chelsea as a team. Um, If Chelsea go through Potter, obviously the Potter, Potter Sans, uh, that doesn't work, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) It begins, right? Uh, maybe they can start to string some some something together, salvage the season in some way. Um, if they lose, I hate to tell Chelsea fans, uh, you're still gonna have Potter at the helm. 
I don't really? think there's I yeah, I don't I honestly don't think there's anything that could get Potter fired at this point. If they really? like show if they show up tomorrow, as long as it's not like a humiliation, but as long as they show up tomorrow, if they lose like whatever, like uh they're they have a who's wait. Who's winning? I'm sorry. Yeah, Dortmund is it's one nil to, to Dortmund, right, right. It's one nil to Dortmund. Let's say they lose um I don't know, two to one. Or it's a one one draw. Let's say that, right? Mm-hmm. Um he's not gonna get fired. You're right. The people are gonna just kinda shrug and be like, Oh well, you know, that's 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 Chelsea's lot and Bayern are like you said, Bayern are on uh Dortmund are on fire. So like, you know, like you, you can't you know, it is what it is. It's just like two teams that are like meeting at the wrong point with in their respective forms. Um, and, you know, we talk a lot about Bowley. Like, what's he going to do? Like, <laughs> he's already, like, he, we, 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 we are still getting used to, to, to the Todd Bowley, Bowley era, but he's no, as far as we can tell so far, you know, um, he's not like the previous owners, right? He's not, he's not like, he's not going to go and just like, ditch a coach at the first sign of trouble as far as we can tell so far well Um, and to do so at this point like he would have to be admitting that he made a mistake and i i don't think yeah but it's not the first round of trouble like this is my problem this is clearly you could clearly see that he cannot manage his people right because it's just something he's never done before too many stars he can't manage them it's tactically too big a job for him it's not working yeah so why why keep something like that and Let's get, well, what are they gonna do? Yeah. Who's who's gonna who would they take to replace him? I don't know. They have to pay somebody. They see, dude. They they just they they are bidding for Vardgil again, multi-million, right? Um, why not just put that money towards a real coach? Ancelotti is probably looking for a job <laughs> after he gets kicked out of, of uh, La Liga race. I don't know. I, obviously, I'm I'm joking, but but my point is, barring barring them somehow being able to convince Zidane yeah right that would be the one thing and Zidane, there's no way but that's impossible Zidane is not going to come into this team at where they are right now if that's going to happen that's going to happen in the summer sure. right with 10 games to go in the in the season uh you know whatever around 10 games to go it, we're in the we're about to enter the quarterfinals of the, of the Champions League like you know no no coach is going to take on this challenge like maybe Zidane, Zidane would be interested if they won the game, but if they win the game, then they're not going to fire Potter, right? So well, it's, okay, it's, it's a fine. catch twenty-two. So so you're telling me now that Chelsea is not going to go Champions League next year because that's what this means. There's no, no. way they're going to qualify, yeah. and they're not going to qualify no. through the uh, you know. It's Champions it's hard League. to believe, and it's hard to think game out what that means for all the signings they've made and for the yeah. their interest. I mean, they're obviously going to go hit the market hard in the summer, also, right? Um, how how would they like that right, would be crazy. exactly that would be crazy well a lot of money a lot of money i guess Amort- uh, <laughs> amortized amortized rather right. <clears throat> anyway so what's your what do you think is going to happen here? I, think, I think i think i think dortmund wins but what what do you think i don't know i think it's probably going to be like a 2-2-1-1 draw and chelsea okay. wins in that in that situation Chelsea. Oh, sorry, sorry. Dortmund, Dortmund wins. Yeah, yeah, right. I meant exactly. Chelsea loses in that situation. Yeah, I think I think that's what's going to happen too, and I think that would be that's the worst case scenario for Chelsea fans. Well, I'm then... gonna I'm gonna plus one you. I'm gonna one up you. I mean, um, okay. I think he's gonna be fired. Oh, okay. 
just because uh the like the fan the fans are gonna be so it like, doesn't make sense that they just it's impossible it's, it's clear to me this is not the coach so why not just bring somebody in start over say okay yes this season is is crap Give, and find a coach that can potentially salvage the season with the you gotta give me a name downs. who's Shev- available <laughs> huh? <Who>? shevchenko <laughs> hey you know who's available actually for real you know who's available conte <laughs> you know there's the whole thing about conte not you know not renewing his thing and thinking about actually conte's actually also sick so maybe not um how about the the former Leeds guy? <laughs> then it's just replacing. Oh, like how about, like that'd be like the exact same thing, exact yeah, same yeah. job. It's just yeah, exactly. I don't know. I mean, he's American, so maybe bully. You know, bully's like thinks like he's like then maybe he thinks um, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm blanking. What's the name of the Apple TV show? Oh, um, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Maybe he thinks Ted Lasso is a documentary. He's like, let's get that yeah. guy. <laughs> All right. Anyways, this this is fun. Um. Uh. Yeah. So I think. Uh. I. I we never talk about Spurs Milan. Who Who do you think is going to go ahead? I know you want your what your heart wants, but we're talking about what your head thinks. For which for Porto and Inter. Spurs. Spurs and Milan. Spurs. Oh. Oh. For Spurs and Milan. I mean Milan. Obviously. I'm on your side. Are you just saying that because you hate Spurs? Uh, well, I think it's very funny. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not like that type of Arsenal fan. Who like, you know, I, I'm like blinded. Um, but this, this season has been like, you know, it's Spurs are just like struggling to make Champions League and whether they make it or not, like Conte's already like, like you said, wow. he's, he's, he's right. updating his CV. He's looking to see Basically. <laughs> what, what his next job is going to be. That is a fair point. No. That's actually a very good point. And we want to win it because obviously, uh, there'll be this will be the farthest we've gone into Champions League for over 15 years or so, or whenever 2007 was. Um, all right. Well, this was fun. Um, thank you all for listening uh, to the fourth official soccer podcast, and we are on Google Podcast, Apple, and Spotify. We hopefully will talk to you next week and talk about the results for this week and the teams that are going to go ahead um, and also talk about the preview for next week's games which are also firecracking and very interesting um, and uh, you know can't wait to, to see you all next week bye bye